Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Today, I have a very special panel with me today. We'll be discussing cyberbullying. Um... So I'd like to introduce Pamela Clark. She is the CEO and founder of New Heights, uh, the New, <laughs> New Heights Educational Group. Hi, Pamela. Hi. So, Pamela, um, we built this, we started this roundtable just so we can let people know about bullying and cyberbullying in schools. Um, I'm going to introduce the rest of our panel. This uh, next voice you'll hear is Buffy Williams. She is my cohort in crime as far as the New Heights show on education. Um, she specifies in um, the educational system. Isn't that right, Buffy? Yes, that's right, Erica. Thank you for having me on the roundtable today. Oh, you're you're welcome. Next with me, I have Lysandra Scott. She is a former um, radio host, just like Buffy and I are. Hi, Lysandra. Is there any other info you'd like our listeners to know about you? Hi, Erica. Thanks for the introduction. I'm just really excited about being here today, and I hope everyone enjoys themselves on the show. All right. Well, let's get started. No time like the present. So I we thought of this roundtable collectively just um, so we could center on the question of bullying because it is a question that continues to be an issue throughout our school systems here in the United States. And in fact, as of 2019, bullying rates have increased. So what is bullying? How, how would you describe bullying. Let's go ahead, uh, Buffy, since you're the educational expert with us. <laughs> yeah, as well as the panel themselves, yes. Oh, yes. You know, bullying is usually defined by a power imbalance uh, between one person and another. And most definitions include uh, conduct that uh, significantly affect the school environment mm-hmm. or limit the students' participation. And there are varying types, so we have what we traditionally think of as bullying, and then we also have bullying as it relates to disability 
race, ethnicity, national origin, religion, citizenship, gender, and now sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. um, but the courts have started to um, definitely view uh, bullying in a different aspect um, as far as indifference, uh, deliberate indifference bullying. It's a clear, um, unreasonable response to harassment. Um, in light of those circumstances. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And then, of course, we have cyberbullying. Right, which is a whole new... Off-campus, which is a whole new ballgame for um, this particular um, generation, especially with social media being so prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, so, let me check something really quick. For our listeners, we're going to go to a quick break and we will be right back. This is the New Heights Show on Education. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes you. or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There I, might have even been a thought that if... you may not be smart enough. Hang on. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs I you can hear you. We not only but think I don't you are smart enough, but can. with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group okay. strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org <laughs> and contact us. New Heights Educational Let me Group. Try educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on education. Once again, I'm here with our panel on bullying. So <clears throat> given that it's such a high a high intensive pro uh, problem within the United States. What is happening to children who get bullied? Let's put it that way. Um, what type of effects can they have on their psyche? Obviously, of course, if they're physically bullied, that's, you know, could be another issue that comes up as actual physical pain. But more long-lasting, what are the long-lasting effects? Anybody's open to this question? <laughs> That's Pamela Clark. This was really important for me to cover this because a lot of the advocating that I have done just in this last year with the public school kids in, in our neck of the woods, um, it's been shocking, <laughs> very upsetting, and um, it, it's, it's shocking in the sense that the public schools in our area have a tendency to cover for adult instructors mm. that um, are abusing their power, mm -hmm. and it's, they don't put the students first. Right. So we've dealt with that in so many ways this year that are absolutely uh, disgusting and shocking. Mm. Um, and and these these kids are almost forced into submission in a sense because wow. let's say some, some of the kids that that I myself have worked with their families. Maybe they were on a sports team. Well, mm -hmm. if you're if you're in a public school and you want to be on a sports team, then you have to do whatever the adults 
say that you have to do. Right. And so that, if the person isn't honest or an upstanding um, individual, um, some people abuse that power. I mean, I've, I've heard from parents that have allegedly um, shared that some parents I say, or not parents, some teachers actually have said to them, well, you know, if you want to get on my good side, you need to do this, this, this. And if you want to be on my bad side, I will lock you in the, in the janitor's closet. Mm-hmm. And, and or just, just the language that I have, have seen in writing and uh-huh. correspondence of the level of abuse, it is so much more than just regular bullying. And right. kids are afraid to come forward because, for example, one child that did, everybody else on the team was told by the coach, allegedly, mm-hmm. to um, kind of single them out. And they actually they went to like this party mm-hmm. and the parents and the students ganged up on the parent of this other child and said they were all going to beat them up. Mm. I wow. mean, that's, that's a whole level of bullying that most people will never see. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. Go, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just said it's shocking. Yeah, it is. You know, and I actually, we were speaking on the phone when we conceived this idea, uh, you, uh, me, and Buffy, I related a story of a friend of mine's niece who had seen bullying from a particular teacher. And this was consistent with this teacher. Um, at one point, she, I, I don't know if it's a she or he, but the teacher actually grabbed a student by their collar and dragged them out to the hallway. Um, that teacher has since been fired. Just so you know, (laughs) which is good news. But my point in bringing it up is I agree with you in that uh, children have no power. It's you have a person who's in in authority. And what are you supposed to do as a child? You know, Um, Mm. it's unreal. Lashandra. So what have you been seeing? Lashandra, excuse me. What have you been seeing? out there in the wild. Yeah, for sure. As a matter of fact, I used to serve as a sub teacher when I was um, working on my toward my bachelor's degree some time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, just in that setting, I would see some things that just were uncanny, you know, and I, of course I would, as the authority figure, I would have the opportunity to intervene, but um, unlike Pamela's experience, but similar, it wasn't so much the adults as it was just other children. Mm-hmm. I've witnessed bullying other children, and I'm just flabbergasted how they could just be so cruel. For example, there was a one time I was in the lunchroom, I was doing cafeteria duty, and I saw this child just threatening this other child not to eat their food, or they were going to, you know, I think they said punch them in the arm if I'm not, if I correctly wow. and I was just so shocked and the poor thing's just sitting there scared to touch his food because he's scared about getting hurt by the other child so of course I came over and split them up and everything mm-hmm. was fine but you know it just makes you wonder how much of that stuff goes on that you don't even see you know yeah mm-hmm. right <clears throat> well, and I wanted to kind of add, 
Lasanda, she runs in a, a past house. She she's actually an HR coordinator with us. Okay. Thank you for the thank you for the clarification there. I knew she was a past host. I wasn't certain of her current position. Um, she's an HR. Okay. So yeah, some of the t- the types of bullying though. You remember those, Erica? That you want to kind of list off. Let's take a look. I had. Hi, this is Buffy. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, the the different types are just what we generically think of as bullying, and then bullying has a protected status as far as someone's disability or race. Mm -hmm. Bullied in various different ways. They get bullied for their religion, um, their national origin. Or you know, citizenship or gender or sexual orientation. So yeah. these days, it's, it's a different ball game for students who are going to school now. They're bullied for so many different reasons, and then on top of that, add uh, the pressures of possibly being bullied by adults in the school system, mm-hmm. whether they're resourceful officers or people who are tasked with actually protecting them, but actually putting them in a vulnerable condition. I yeah, that's unreal. So we have where you know, like principals. I mean, I've heard of stories where principals have bullied their teachers, the teachers bullying teachers, teachers mm-hmm. bullying students, and students bullying students, or students bullying teachers, then coaches bullying students, parents bullying parents. And then the, the cyberbullying, I mean, I'm, I never thought, <laughs> you know, too much about yeah. really the depths of, of how far it goes down that rabbit hole. It's really systemic. Um, it, I mean, within the entire, I guess, if you take a school and use it as a microcosm of a society, not to get too... <laughs> Um, academic. Point, Erica. Very valid point. This is Buffy. Hello. Hi, Buffy. <laughs> it starts with leadership. Mm-hmm. And it trickles down. And so if you don't have a, a leadership that's strong and that implements those policies and has a no tolerance for for them to learn, I mean, them bullying or students bullying other students, uh, then the cycle continues. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, that's part of New Heights, I mean, in the sense of how we've always handled it, I mean, it's been pretty few and far between, but Mm -hmm. it's because of my insistence (laughs) whenever I've dealt with anyone, um, I mean, I've I've witnessed so much over the years that even when I would have, like, um, people that were working with me, you know, they would be there when maybe a family came in for help and you, you could tell the, the the parent you know they're very low income sometimes and they and they were not dressed very nice and I mm-hmm. noticed a, a shift of even the way that the people working with me would kind of their like everything about them would kind of change because they were turned off by the person coming in uh-huh. and I mean I that was years ago like when that was happening probably 2011 and at that point it, I really became aware of this automatic thing that seems to happen 
by a person's looks or appearance. And I mean, I just put my foot down then and I was like, I don't care how they look when they come in the door. I don't care if you think that they don't have money and maybe you do. I don't care. You better treat them Mm -hmm. like they are wearing the finest clothes of, of anyone. And I've always tried to have everyone around me be positive and um, treat everyone with respect. I mean, if you don't agree with them or their lifestyle or whatever it is in your mind, mm-hmm. then you you just don't discuss that part. You act like a, an adult and you treat a person how you want to be treated and you show caring because when you're working with literacy, that has to be at the very top of all of your actions. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have different kids that will come in like for um, past enrichment classes and stuff we had where maybe they were from the public or a charter school and they were so used to being engulfed in that type of bullying uh-huh. that um, they brought it with them because that's all they knew. And so what we've always done is they have to sign a code of conduct and there's a list they have to agree to. So that's right up front. So they know, they know what's expected for their actions and so forth. But then if a child starts to bully another child, we would stop an entire class and we would say, what did you say? Why did you say that? Explain yourself. You do that once or twice. They wanted attention, but they didn't want that. That kind of attention. Yeah. Yes. So, so applaud New High School for implementing the policy because it does start there. Let them know what the expectations are up front and home. Right. Yeah. So we had like one kid that had done it maybe twice and actually left, was crying, came back, and everything was fine. Never did it again. But see, I think that if anywhere, whether you're at school or work. I mean, I, I don't understand. People say that they they want to make people think that they're kind and they're good, and but then their actions don't back that up. Sometimes. Right, right. Um, Lissandra, I have a question for you. Then, as a substitute teacher, I'm pretty sure that you moved around a lot to different schools. How did you see the different schools react? to bullying what was what was an effective um strategy or were there other schools that weren't as effective were there schools that just didn't care you know how did how did you see that as pretty much a substitute teacher coming in for one or two classes um as kind of not an outsider to education but an outsider to that particular school yeah, right, so that specific institution. Uh, absolutely, Erica. Well, in my experience, I did notice some, well, just to kind of back up, I noticed just, just from school to school, there were differences in the way that the school conducted their institution. Some were more strict, mm-hmm. therefore bullying, bullying still definitely existed, but it was a little more mum. And when you did see it, it was addressed fairly quickly. Um relatively speaking. And then in other cases, I would see, uh, this, you know, the structure just wasn't as solid. And so there would be a lot more bullying. So, you know, and when I say a lot more, I just mean, you know, on a weekly basis, I would see it a little bit more often versus 
other another school. Mm-hmm. But um, but as far as specifics, it was handled ironically enough generally the same. I mean, if the authoritarian figure got, got became aware of it. Mm-hmm. Would do something about it. Now, I don't know if that was more or less eye service because when I brought it to someone's attention, everyone seemed to, you know, authoritative figures were shocked and surprised mm-hmm. and take care of it. And from there, of course, a lot of times I don't know what happened at, at that point when right. the child was in the principal's office, but there, there did seem to be some emotion and surprise when they discovered this and they acted immediately as if they were going to adhere to the situation. Um, so there was never any in my experience, no one ever seemed apathetic or nonchalant, mm-hmm. but, um, but I'm not sure about particulars Yeah, after, you know, after they were taken off from there. Yeah. And that's what I said, the, the modeling of that behavior was the example there, because it, and Pamela alluded to it earlier, mm-hmm. if you don't model that behavior, if you don't treat your coworkers with respect, then, you know, the students don't feel comfortable coming forward. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I have a question for Lysandra, this Pamela. Um, so, but from my experience, I don't know if this is your experience as well, Lysandra, working in the school. I mean, we when we're faced with it, we question the student in front of everyone. Like I have stated in the Richmond Day, it was you know it was like stop the class and, and tell us why you're acting this way. Mm-hmm. But uh, in general, the public school, as far as I know, never does that do you think that could be helpful if if they did it more openly absolutely i think that could be helpful but the, the only problem i have is that um, well not a problem but i guess i never been in a situation like that one where the bullying actually occurred that brazenly in front of in the classroom, usually it's on the playground, in the lunchroom, places where they're thinking that authoritative figures aren't paying attention, or there are very few of us and, and more children, and so we're outnumbered, and they're thinking they possibly could get away with them at the attic. Mm. I saw a child just blatantly do that in a classroom, and maybe that's why I never witnessed the what you're saying, but I do think that could be effective if it occurred in that situation. Mm-hmm. And that does bring about another thing of, of bullying too, you know, bullying in sports in those areas of uh-huh. locker rooms. I actually had a report just last week of that happening locally and um, it, 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 they had a large class. I mean, I, I think they said there were 60 kids it, and like mm-hmm. one teacher. I'm yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I thought like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. This is a kid. Yeah, go ahead. Bullied. Yeah. Bullied, um, in the locker rooms because, again, usually if there's one or even an assistant teacher or something, they usually aren't going in those locker rooms with those kids. No. I mean, they're not. No. So it's easy, it's easy. But then the kids are also, when they're bullied, it's like, well, if you speak up and you tell anyone, that's also, there's a stigma attached to that, that mm-hmm. it's not going to end well for you if you're a tattleteller. <laughs> and trust me, from what I remember of like middle school and high school, if you tell somebody and you think nobody's going to find out, I don't know what goes on, but man, that schools like that are like hotbed of you know rumors and somebody and your tormentor will find out and you're gonna be you know it it just 
yeah, because people like to talk. Um, speaking of sports and bullying, you brought up um, a few interesting points, Pamela. A, the fact that sports is used as an arena for bullying, and B, that there's sometimes one teacher can be teaching 30 to 60 kids. Um, and I'm not using this as an excuse, but I think it is difficult for an educator to know, you know, what's going on at all times, even in the classroom. And that because of the sheer amount of people she has, she or he has to watch. Um, one of the things that I experienced and granted my junior and high school years are far behind me, but being a disabled individual, the bullying sometimes as far as sports and such would not be an outward attack, but let's say if, if teams were picked um, for like dodgeball, which I hated dodgeball as a kid for this very reason, um, the, the other children would know that I had disabilities and couldn't move as fast, couldn't run as fast, couldn't, you know, and they would deliberately, you know, go for me, basically. If anybody doesn't know what dodgeball it, dodgeball is, it's an older game where you have this big, huge rubber ball and the goal <laughs> to tag so is to tag somebody out and you do that by basically throw, throwing the ball at the person's legs, basically anywhere below the belt. Yeah. That was painful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It hurt. <laughs> I, yeah. Crazy. But, yeah, for example, and, and I got to get, in all fairness, I have to say this, because in public school, the teachers can't be everywhere. The oh, yeah. can't be everywhere, but... For you know, heights when we had our enrichment days, normally there was at least one parent from every family there. The kids were never left alone. The kids were given leadership opportunities mm -hmm. to maybe even instruct a class or or whatever. But at least one parent was setting in, in each of those. Like there was always a parent present. Wow. Um, so in all fairness, I have to say that because no one really gets away with anything because. There's always a parent present. Present, so, yeah. Um, well, that's a great way to curtail mm -hmm. the bullying. Yeah. Always having having someone in authority in, in a position so that they can actually respond in a, in a quick manner. And like you said, to be fair, if a teacher's not enough resources, or at least a resource person in that room or teaching aid can mm -hmm. control that type of environment. Yeah, so public school, I can see how they get in that situation because they can't be everywhere. So in all fairness, I, I do feel like I needed to say that. But I also know um, that others have come to myself locally and maybe run to tutor or, or something like that. And mm -hmm. I remember one in particular that um, she had applied to volunteer with the school before she found us. And she was on a waiting list for an entire year and never got one phone call. Wow. So then my question is, is the schools implementing all the resources that they have or 
are they really looking at volunteers or are they just taking these applications? I mean, I know every district's different. Everybody does something a little differently. But I just question kind of the, the system of, of how that's ran and how the bullying is so serious that, and, and also, I had a student tell me this week, actually, that, it, um, actually, a younger child, that the students, I mean, we're talking elementary school, we're actually talking about killing other students. Oh, wow. And we're talking very young elementary, and I was flabbergasted. I was like, are you... Did you tell your parents? No. Did you tell your teacher? No. I'm like, why not? This is the kind of stuff you have to tell. And it was yeah. like, mom. It was like, didn't want to discuss it anymore because even at a very young age, these kids are taught like about silence. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if this person understood what they were saying, but I mean, their exact words were, you know, like, I, how was it? Uh, I could kill someone better than you could kill someone. Oh, and I'm like, huh? Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. I said, well, we a video game, like, were they discussing some kind of game or TV or, <sighs> no. But then when I brought it up to the parent, that child's story changed completely. So that really took me back. I was like, well, why is it one version with me and another version with the parent? Because it was no pressure. It just kind of came up. I mean, I wasn't like willing them or anything. It was something that they just kind of had blurted out in conversation. And I was really taken back by that. And yeah, and I, okay. yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I, I, I better put me in an odd situation because I'm like, well, should I say something to the parents? Should I tell the, like, what should I do? Because um, the child was so young. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, if I don't say something and something happens, and they're like, well, why did you You mentioned, yeah. I think something should always be said to the, to the parent. And, and to your point, Pamela, mm-hmm. I think that administrators, and you know, uh, as a whole, I think administrators, most of them are doing the best they can with the resources that they have. Mm-hmm. Those those ones that are few and far between who don't have those great managerial skills that have maybe been uh, in a situ- put in a situation where they have school systems that are so large that they don't have the resources to put in a place to, to curtail some of this activity. But when it comes to a threat, whether you feel like a student means it you know, in a deliberate way or not, there's something that's causing that child to think that way. Mm-hmm. It's always appropriate, in my opinion, to bring that to the light of the parent and also to any administrators and teachers that are involved with that child because those type things can be easily overlooked and then mm-hmm. those are the students that continue to um, either pull back when they're bullied, mm-hmm. I think more severe happens, and then they don't have or they feel like they don't have the voice to speak up. So I think that when you do that, you allow them to come one to let them know that someone cares. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're saying here at the is that we all care about education. We care about you as a person as well. 
And so we want you to be able to be in a learning environment where you're not bullied and you're not intimidated. Mm-hmm. And so that when you get out into the world and you get out into the workforce, that you don't become that person that's antagonizing or bullying someone else. I'd also like to kind of make a point in here and you know, we're seeing a lot of school shootings. We have certainly seen many, 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 many school shootings uh, within the last 15, 10, 15 years. Um, You know, it's unfortunately, it's a part of our reality now. And so I wonder if, you know, in the case of the student you're talking about and the case in general is students are absorbing that information, you know, they see the SWAT teams, they see the the tape around the school, they see all this activity on the news. And so it's become moralized in some way. Um, yeah, it feels like it has. Yes. Well, well Sandra, had you, had you seen any of that or... that are making these laws, why haven't, I don't, I don't know of any law that somebody has brought this up already, mm-hmm. um, or any bill, I mean, but 
it, it just is just a bit yeah. odd to me that you know that that happens um, or doesn't happen the way that it should. Yeah, I think is just a matter of well, a lot of different things. Policy just not has not caught up with the way that the pace that our culture is moving. Mm-hmm. And yeah. mm-hmm. policy is definitely something that needs to be addressed. And how can we utilize the resources that we have and the skilled people that we have in society in order to alleviate some of these problems that we have? So, guys, school would actually stay. Yeah. For the community, unlike a nonprofit, you know, it's harder for us to maybe get volunteers sometimes, even though we've kind of mastered that over the years. But it's still like, So I'm going to sneak in a commercial here um, and we will be back. We have a wonderful discussion going on here. Lots of information. Um, We'll meet you back at the end of this break here. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. This is our roundtable on school bullying. <clears throat> so I wanted to ask everyone in the roundtable, now we're seeing, well, what we, at least it's certainly new since I went to school, uh, the advent of cyberbullying since the internet became a major player in everybody's life. And I always found that Interesting in a disturbing way in that you used to be able to walk away from the school building and more or less take a break. If you were the one being bullied, you could go home and not have to deal with that. With the advent of cyberbullying, the bullying never stops. It never is left at the school door. And... what what do you guys think about that? And what are some what are some well, I, you know? This is Pamela. Sure, I've seen I witnessed this as well um, from parents that even will send in like they'll save it, they'll send it in. I have a lot of documents with that kind of thing that happened on Facebook specifically, and it is really damaging and these kids that never get the break, it is not uncommon that they want to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. I hate to say that, but some of them have. It it does lead to that. And But see, I see a a connect between a lot of things I think maybe people don't think about in general. I, I think personally, I mean, I was bullied as a young girl in school, but I didn't really let it get to me, I guess, but it wasn't 24 seven. Like you said, I could go home and, um, but I, I really didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a disconnect from it. I, I didn't care what other people thought. Mm-hmm. In general. I was like, whatever. So, um, but 
with that being said, I I do see now from me being that young girl to now, if I would have known who I was or would have had some kind of identifier of of my gifts and my strengths and things, mm-hmm. or if I felt a tie to my community or whatever it is. I mean, I always try to tell kids, and I mean, I mean it, I don't just say it. Kids can tell if you're bullcrap. I don't but, mm-hmm. I mean, I try to tell, you know, oh, you're so talented in this. You're, you're such a wonderful artist. You're so this, you're so that. And, oh my gosh, is this running your family? Like, I, I see a connect between family history, and sometimes kids are from rough, rough backgrounds, mm-hmm. and I was as well. But there's, if I would have known what was beyond myself and my household, and if I knew the things I knew now, I would have probably been a much different person. Mm-hmm. But if children are at home and they're being uplifted and they're being like praised and you know and taught how to treat other people mm-hmm. and you, to, to know that you have to be secure in yourself but these kids are not being taught about their gifts their strengths themselves as a member of society mm-hmm. and what they can give to people in a positive way through their actions and I see like a I mean, I, I love genealogy, but and that's why New Heights wants to have a genealogy program is because if they see they're from something, from something mm-hmm. beyond their current circumstances, they're going to want to help the world. Mm-hmm. And they're also going to have pride in who they are because who they are is much bigger than they think. So um, these kids that want to hurt themselves in general, they don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. Getting a break and and then there's a flip side of that where some of the parents make excuses for their kids bullying others mm-hmm. or they'll say, oh, you're, they're just big babies and they need to toughen up. Mm-hmm. This has been going on forever. Yeah. Um, no. It really hasn't. Mm-hmm. Because we have points, family. Yeah. This is Buffy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that as, as far as cyberbullying is concerned, schools mm-hmm. have kind of caught up with the times with that. Mm-hmm. And at least if they are being bullied uh, online, off campus, and it directly affect, uh, affects their learning or disrupts their learning or their schoolwork in some way, that the students can be disciplined. So that is, a, you know, a positive thing that has come from that. Mm-hmm. Students do deal with, you know, the low self-esteem, like you said, mm-hmm. Pamela, of them not being nurtured in the family environment or in the community environment. And then everyone kind of doing a hands-off kind of approach rather than mm-hmm. students and letting them know what type of value they add to society mm-hmm. and how they contribute and how much um, we're all enriched by them being their individual selves. And it makes our, our lives and our schools so much and our world so much better. Mm-hmm. Just being who they are. And that's what makes them beautiful. And Very so good. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we do need to enforce that more. Thank you. 
that list is absolutely heartbreaking. Even for me to mm-hmm. put it in writing and wow. put it on there. Okay. But it's crazy that when I created yeah. a group, safe put that was the first thing out of some that of happened. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and sneak in another commercial here, and we will be right back for our final thoughts and our final closings uh, for the New Heights Show on education. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am back with my panel. We've been discussing bullying and cyberbullying in the 21st century. Um, So I guess my final question to everyone, and please, if anybody has a thought, um, feel free to jump in. Bullying often stems from other issues within the child that's the bully, you know, issues starting at home. And I've often heard, well, you know, the teacher or the administrator of the school should should do this or do that or should should discipline should not discipline what do you what do all of you see as the educational system's role in teaching a child's uh, i guess you'd say interpersonal skills is there a role or should that come entirely from the home life. This is Buffy. I think that um, we've done a great job as far as our pre-K and elementary school in implementing what's called character education and planning just the language, mm-hmm. what it means to be kind, what it means to be a good citizen, what it means to be. But I think that at some point it kind of drops off, especially once we get to middle school. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of, you know, uh, bring the students in. But I think it's a it's a community effort. I think it starts at the school and definitely at home and us as a community. But I think that we've done a great job in the elementary school system. But I would like to see that continue on in some way um, throughout um, their education system. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's interesting. Sandra? Oh, go ahead, Sandra. Sandra, did you want to? Say anything about that? Sure. I um, I'm kind of like a little bit of the inverse of, of Buffy there. I do believe that it starts at, at home and a, in a good solid family environment and where the home life lacks. I do think the schools typically have to pick up the slack. I don't think they should have to personally. I, I think that good character and good um, ethics definitely should come from, from the parents because that's your first, first communal relationship. Mm-hmm. In your home life, I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So okay, yeah. Okay. So sorry, Becky. Um, Buffy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah. So I just feel like um, that that's just kind of the foundation, and then from there, I think it'll make it easier to teach students 
that could go into the school systems uh, because they, they already have that good solid foundation. And as they get older, that still resonates. And so their peers are like them. So there's no, there's not a lot of um, controversy there and people trying to influence them the wrong way. No doubt there'll still be some. Mm-hmm. The, I guess I, I'm trying to say that the good would outweigh the bad. And I know that sounds a little, um, uh, probably a little wishful thinking there, but I, I but in, I, I, and I, in an ideal society, excuse me, that would be how it would work, uh, starting from home and then carrying over into other areas of the child's life. And that's Pamela. I know that in the state of Ohio, there's supposed to be eight principles that are up, upheld for um, the schools and, and educators in general. Mm-hmm. And um, some of which include maintaining a professional relationship with students at all time, both inside and outside the classroom, um, and then to report information to local board of education or governing board, state education agency, federal agency, or state or federal law. And I don't know if that's done because people say, like, not every time, but if there's a school shooting, there's all kinds of excuses made, but then sometimes, like, the, the school staff will know that maybe there's a troubled youth, and there might be signs mm-hmm. of at least depression, or maybe even the words being used by this person, and they're not reporting it to everyone that they should, and um, of course, educators are supposed to adhere to federal, state, and local laws and statutes, and so they have things in place, just even in Ohio, but I'm sure each state has their own, that they're supposed to be doing. So my question or thought is, are they really doing all of those and who monitors that? Mm-hmm. I personally don't know. I think for most schools, especially in, in the area, this is Buffy, mm-hmm. um, they do uh, report those things. But I think that what they found is that, you know, the policy is once something like that happens, you report it to the parent. And you report it to any outside agencies as a mandatory reporter. But these outside agencies are also being overtaxed with not being inundated with calls. And so sometimes, unfortunately, our children suffer mm-hmm. by falling through the cracks because maybe caseworkers have such long lists of people to see and they have to prioritize mm-hmm. who comes first. So I think it's a, that it's a, it's a national issue. This is why we're having the roundtable. Mm-hmm. To you know, flesh out ideas and solutions for our children. But I think that for most schools, they do have that policy in place um, because they can only handle so much within the school system and right. outsource that to an outside agency. But um, they're taxed as well. Mm-hmm. And I very And I do want uh, to kind of jump off of that last statement that you made, Buffy. Um, I mean, this is a huge, 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 huge topic. And we've only barely scratched the surface, really. Um, Everything is connected. Um, A a person's psychology is connected. A person's sociology is connected. How they act out in school is all of that is, you know, connected. Um, so hopefully we would be able to do like a second round table or something on these related issues because I think it's important. Uh, also, just real quick, I want sure. to share, if there's someone that's listening to this or that will listen to this and need 
maybe they just need someone to talk to. Um, we do have a couple partners. One's Team Line, Teams Helping Teams. And um, the the information is on our, our website underneath blog. Like our Easy Tunes will pop up. Mm-hmm. And then the, the hotlines are there. Um, and then we have Life Your Voice, Your Life Your Voice, through Voice Town National Hotline. And those, between the both of them, it's 24 hours a day. So if somebody needs to talk, I mean, just know that you're not who maybe you see yourself as, that you're really an incredible person and and that because other people might not be able to see it or maybe you're being bullied because they can, um, that there are places that you can call and reach out to and it does not make you a weak person to do that. It, and you, I believe, will find that you're empowered by doing that. So please use those. Absolutely. So with that, I'd like to thank my panel, Ms. Pamela Clark, <laughs> Ms. Buffy Williams, and Ms. Lysandra Scott. Um, I will have a normal live podcast tomorrow um, at 2 p.m. Mountain, Sta- uh, Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Would anybody else like to share where they can hear your voice or contact you if they need to? This is Buffy Williams, and my show airs on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for having me, Erica. Yeah, thank you, Erica. Oh, you as well. People can always call our number, 419-786-0247. We can also help direct you if you need help. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for joining me. And I will talk with you later on the next, hopefully, a next roundtable. Thank you. This is New Heights Show on Education. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. We're done.